you need a Bible this morning, raise your hands, get your hand up real high, and then go with me to the book of 1 John chapter 4. We've been doing a lot of the F words of the Bible, if you've been here for the last few weeks. If you haven't, you're welcome to get the CDs. Uh, just really good on forgiveness, failure, finance. Today we're on the uh, fear. Uh, next week we'll be on the fear of the Lord. Man, it's going to be really good then too. But when we start talking about fear, the Greek word for fear means to, to run, to flee, to be in flight. And so when we look at the word there, the meaning of it, how many of us allow fear to make decisions for us in our life? I think most of us have, or maybe we're going through that right now, that how fear tries to rise. And when we talk about fear, each one of us, we experience fears, or we have experienced fears, and, and they may be different. What, what I may feel is totally different than what you do, but what I understand about fear is that it's real to every one of us. And we have fears of not pleasing God, we have fears of, of failure, fears of our past, fears maybe of events or things, even the fear of death. And so each one of those, that they're real to us. Now the Bible gives us quite a bit of insight on, on the word fear. Actually the phrase fear, fear not is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. I believe it's one for every day. Fear not, fear not. And so 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So in other words, God is not the author of fear. And if God's not the author of fear, then who do you think He is? It's the devil. The devil is the operator of fear. It's one of his greatest tactics that he tries to use against every one of us to try to keep us in a, in a position that we don't like to be. We don't want to be. And so it's been said this way, that fear attracts the devil like faith attracts God. And so where fear is, faith isn't. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit here this morning, that, that how fear tries to come after each one of us, and we can live victorious over. We don't have to bow to it. Now, begin with me in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. It says, love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is, as Jesus is, so are we where at? In this world. And so when you start here in 1 John and you read this, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, beloved, let us love one another that he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. And so right here, He, he gives us an insight on love. That love can bring a confidence to us. That love can bring an assurance to us. That it can bring a boldness to us. The, the love of God. The love of Jesus. And so we've been perfected in love. But here in verse 18, it gives us a little more insight on the, on the meaning of fear. There is no fear in love. And so when I read that, it, it tells me here, where love is, fear isn't. There is no fear in love. So if love is present, guys, fear cannot. Fear and love will not hang out in the same room together. They can't. But perfect love casts out fear. One translation says, full-grown love will expel fear in my life. Now the next phrase here is really interesting. It gives us insight. Because fear involves torment. And so when we begin to allow to, to try to, or fear to try to dominate, 
it will torment you in areas. And part of the meaning of that word torment, it, it'll bring a terror to us. It'll try to suck the life out of you. Fear is like a terrorist, guys. It captures you and punishes you, but it all ultimately wants to kill you. And so if you've ever been uh, paralyzed by fear, you realize the meaning here is that what he said here, fear involves torment. Fear begins with the thought of punishment. And fear begins to talk to us, the never-ending lies of the devil, and fear will say, what if? You can't. It will continue to try to dominate you. And so one of the definitions or the acronyms of fear is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Now when I read the, the passage there that fear involves torment, 1 Peter 5.8 says this, that your adversary, your opponent, your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Now one of the devil's greatest tactics is fear. He walks about like a roaring lion, and so his roar wants to keep us in a state of fear. He wants that fear to paralyze you. He wants that fear to, to cause you where you feel weak, that you're alone. And so fear is an agent of the devil. He walks about like a roaring lion. And that passage in First uh, Peter 5 eight goes on to say this, that he seeks whom he may devour. Not whom he will devour, it seeks whom he may devour. Now if he could devour us right now, he had already done it. But he wants to devour you, and so he seeks who he may devour. Now when you study a lion in the natural, a lion will normally prey on the young, the weak, and the isolated. That's exactly what the devil tries to do to people. He comes after young, weak, and when we isolate ourselves... And so these are the tactics of the devil when it talks about fear. Fear torments. Look at the last part of verse 18. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And so we begin to see a little bit here about the inside of fear. That every one of us deal with it. Now, a couple verses here this morning we're going to look at. They will talk about different areas that each one of us can, can experience fear. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. As you're turning there, in the book of Job chapter 3, Job said this, that the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. The, greatly, the, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Now that's what happens, guys. When we live day after day after week, week after week in a state of fear, that very thing that we feared will come after us. So that's why it's so important that we begin to get a hold of the Scripture and say, okay, this is what Father God says. Matthew 14, begin with me in verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before Him to the other side. While He sent the multitude away, and when He had sent the multitude away, He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening was alone, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of night, which would have been between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And the reason I pointed out there the time, is think about this, guys, it's, it's dark out. It's one of the darkest times of the night right here. 
And so Jesus goes strolling out on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is the ghost. And they cried out for fear. Now, when you look right there, that last word, they cried out for fear. That verse right there is cross-referenced right where we came from, 1 John 4.18, which remember, fear talked about being a tormentor. And so when they saw Jesus coming out there, this fear came upon them, it tormented them. Now let's put ourselves in their, their shoes just for a little bit. How would you like to be out in the middle of this lake, ocean, and the waves begin to rock, the wind's blowing, and all of a sudden you look out there and you see this person appearing on the lake? I'm going to tell you guys, it'd get a reaction out of every one of us. This is what fear does here. And the more, reason I want to really point out this is fear is no respecter of persons. It came after the disciples here. And so even Jesus' disciples, they weren't exempt from fear. Keep reading verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer. Now one translation there says, Take courage. He tells them here, Be of good cheer or take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Now this is what Jesus tells them. Take courage. I believe this is one of the things that we must begin to understand as believers. We're going to have to take courage. And Jesus said, hey guys, it's me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So look what ends up happening here. Verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, it is you command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. Come. Now when Jesus says this right here to Peter... He's telling us two things. Number one is this, that he's given Peter permission to come. Right in the midst of all this fear, this tur tur turmoil, he's saying, come. He gives them permission, but number two, think about this with Jesus. He would never give us the permission to come if he didn't give us the ability to come. And so right here, Jesus' ability is saying, 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that's in me. Jesus is telling him, come on, now think. Jesus would never do anything to set me and you up to fail. But he would do things to set us up to succeed. And so here, all this turmoil is going on around Peter. And Jesus said, come on. He gives him permission to overcome this. Keep reading. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now it's interesting to me, and I believe this is the same for every one of us in this room. That is, walking on the water, is that a, a, a difficult feat? In our eyes it would be. In Jesus' it wasn't no big thing. But the, the, the thing that really helps in this verse is when he went to Jesus. When we begin to walk toward Jesus and live toward Jesus... Everything else around us begins to take second place. In other words, when I get my eyes on Jesus and understand, He's going to help me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I believe this was Peter's focus. That his eyes were on Jesus. Now I don't care who you are. If you'll begin to get your eyes on Jesus, the issues in my life begin to get smaller and smaller. And this is what happened with Peter. Now I want you to note, it said he walked on the water. But look what happens in the very next verse. 
But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. So you know what that tells me? When I begin to get my eyes and my focus off of Jesus, and I get my eyes and my focus on the things that may be causing fear in my life, I'm going to get back in trouble. That's when fear shows back up. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, everything's good. But it said, but when he saw, when he saw the waves, when he saw the wind. See, that's what gets us most of the time. We begin to look at the things instead of Jesus. And when I begin to look at the things over Jesus, I'm going to tell you, fear's going to try to come back after us. So it keeps going on here. He was afraid and he began to seek. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he caught him. And he said to him, Oh, ye little faith, why did you doubt? Now it's interesting to me right here that Jesus considers walking on the water a little task. Well, I believe that's how it is with him. That he said, Oh, ye of little faith. So once again here, what takes its place is fear. I'm going to either live by fear, I'm going to live by faith. Now every one of us in this room, we've been in situations where fear would try to dominate us. I know people that are fearful of elevators, fearful of airplanes. See, and so we could keep going around, but here, Jesus said, ye of little faith. So what I got to do, guys, I got to begin to hook up with him. I begot to begin to get in the scriptures and say what Jesus says. He says, you can do all things through Christ. Now, let's go a little further this morning. Go to the book of Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs 29. And we're going to read another area in our lives that we have to deal with the spirit of fear. It's going to help you this morning. You're going to leave here today saying, you know what? I don't have to live in that arena of fear anymore. Proverbs 29, verse 25. Now listen to what this says. The fear of man brings a snare. The fear of man. The fear of what? Fellow man. It brings a snare. It brings a trap. It makes us feel vulnerable. It makes us feel weak. And so every one of us in this room, at one time or another, we have been dominated by the fear of other human beings. Now you think about that in your life. It may be things, it may be events, it may be people. And so what happens is when we begin to fear other people, they can become toxic, they can pollute you. And so what ends up happening, it leads us to a life of pain. Maybe you've been hurt by a person. You say, I'm not going to let them take advantage of me of that again. I'm not going to put myself in that position again. And so we erect these walls around us. We stay away. We don't open up. And so ultimately, that fear of what other people do to me or have done to me, it leads to a thing called prison. And so we start out here in life and we go through life and you get around people that maybe have laughed at you. They've accused you falsely. They've ridiculed you. They've, they've made you mad. They've made you angry. They've rejected you. And they've caused pain in your life. And so what do we do with that? Day in and day out, we protect ourselves. We say, that's not going to happen again. And so because of the fear of, of failing others, the fear of, I, I, I can't meet their expectations, we put up these walls. 
And our sense of value and our sense of worth, we believe, comes from these people's opinion. Most of us in here have been in that predicament, and you may be in it right now, where you have such a fear of, of people. Maybe you fell in them, but there's a fear of them. But look what the next verse says, or the last part of verse 25. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. One translation says, those who trust in the Lord shall be secure. David said in Psalm 118.6, he said, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. The Lord is on my side. Psalm 23.4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For the Lord's with me. He's with me. And so when we begin to go through these things in life, we begin to fear people. We begin to fear things, obstacles. What can we do to get past that? Well, go with me to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And as you're turning there, throughout the Bible, guys, I saw men and women in the Scriptures that had to overcome fear in their life. Moses, guys, he had a fear. Of, of people. Remember Moses' dilemma was he stuttered. He had a problem with stuttering. Remember uh, in Judges, the guy named Gideon, where the angel of the Lord showed up and said, you mighty man of valor. And, and, and Gideon was thinking, who are you talking about? And so over and over, I see men and women in the Bible who had to face their fears. There was a man named Jeremiah who was a prophet at a young age. The Lord appeared to him and started telling him everything he, he wanted him to do. And you know what uh, Joshua thought, or Jeremiah thought? I can't do that. I can't do that. And you know what the Lord said to him? He said, buddy, before you were ever in your mother's womb, I knew you. I picked you and I chose you. And in Jeremiah 1, I believe it's verse 8 or 9, he said, do not be afraid of their faces. In other words, there's going to be people that are going to look you eye to eye. And he said, don't let them knock you out, buddy. Don't get over in fear. And so throughout the Bible, men and women face their fears. Here we are in Judges chapter 1. Or Joshua, I'm sorry. Joshua 1. And I believe this will help us right here. Verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm going to give them, the children of Israel. Now, when you look at this, Moses is dead. And do you know what God's telling him? He's saying, Joshua, you were the assistant, so now you the man. You's in charge. And I'm sure you know what Joshua's thinking? This isn't good. These are some big shoes i got to fill. I can't do that. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I want to highlight something in there. Because a lot of times in our lives, we think that God may be telling us to be like this person. God didn't tell Joshua to be like Moses. That's one of the greatest fear traps 
that you allow people to stereotype you or to put you in, in a, a situation to be like someone else. God doesn't want you like someone else. He likes you. Just like he liked Jeremiah and said, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. So many times what people try to do, we try to put ourselves in other people's shoes. But that's not what God said. Look what he said here in verse 5 again. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. And he was with Moses month after month and year after year, even in the midst of people persecuting him. And remember how they went after Moses? And so he's saying, I'm going to be with you just like that. And then the promise, guys, I will not leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to tell you, I get a hold of the things of God, i got to realize that's the same thing that God wants for me and you. He's not going to leave us nor forsake us. He's not going to bail out on us. When God tells you to do something, you don't have to fear what man does. All you got to do is obey God. And so you know what God does here? Three times in a row, starting in verse 6. Look what he says. Be strong and of good courage. You know what courage is? Courage is resistance to fear. He said to him, be strong and of good courage. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. And you know what he's telling him? You're going to have to step up to the plate. And then look at verse number 9, what he says. Have I not, what? Have I not commanded you? He didn't ask him. He said, I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Why? Do not be afraid nor dismayed. What does he begin to tell Joshua? Don't be afraid nor dismayed. Don't be terrified. Don't allow fear to come in and try to overtake you. Don't let it paralyze you. And so when I begin to read this three different times, this was God's message to, to Joshua. Be strong and a good courage. I believe that's the same for every one of us in this room. Now you know what does not get us? The feeling of fear is not what gets us. The thing that gets us is when we bow to fear. When we don't confront fear. I believe this, guys, that every time men and women throughout the Bible, they faced fear, that didn't mean they weren't shaking in their boots. I believe when David was getting ready to fight Goliath, I believe everything in him was shaking. I believe his knees were knocking. I believe if you could have seen his shirt, it was probably just beating. Boom, 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 boom. Do you know what it tells me? That I can do it afraid. I can look fear in the eye. And that's what he did. He stared down fear. And so even Joyce Meyer has a book. And you know what it's called? Just do it afraid. Do it afraid. I believe this, guys. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to sweat. You're going to shake. You're going to tremble. Your heart is going to beat like crazy. That doesn't mean that it's going to stop you. What stops us is when we do what the meaning of fear is. We flee or we flight. We don't ever confront it. And that's the big thing about fear. When it tries to show up, the day's going to come. You're going to have to confront it. You're going to have to look it in the eyes. You know what the number one fear of man is? Now you may not, this may interest some of you. Public speaking. Public speaking. And that, that may be you. That may terrorize you. And the reason I bring that up today, that used to terrorize me. 
I remember in, in high school, guys, I would not get in front of people and do an oral report. I would beg teachers. I would fight with teachers. I would play sick just so I didn't have to do it. And then when, when, when I knew in my heart that I was going to pastor, I was like, yeah, Lord, I'll pastor. But you know what I didn't realize? I was going to have to stand in front of people. Well, that's what you do when you're a pastor. And so, guys, I remember the first time I ever spoke. I didn't sleep the night before. I got up the next morning and I remember I was just soaking from perspiring. And I got up there and my knees began to shake. My heart was beating like I was talking about a minute ago. My voice sounded like I just went through puberty. It began to crack and I'm telling you. But you know what happened? I did it. I did it. And the second time it got easier and the third time it got easier. And you know now I don't even think about it. And I remember the first time I ever performed a marriage. Oh my God, you think tragedy. I got to the groom and I said to him, Will you take her to be your, your husband? And the best man, he popped me and said, He's the husband? And I was like, shut up, I know. Man, my legs were banging and I was a nervous wreck. I remember the first time I ever did a funeral. I bet the guy I buried, he wanted to be raised from the dead and say, help him, Lord. But the bottom line is this, I did it. And that's where we got to get, where you got to begin to confront it. Because if I don't confront it, it's going to continue to terrorize you. That's with being around other people. You know what, another thing that in my life used to get me was Certain positions I'd get in, I, I hated to be in confined spaces. It was like claustrophobia had set in. Man, I hated that feeling. Well, the only thing I could handle was just attack it. And I remember being on an elevator that probably should have had 10 people in there, and there was 20. People sweating and had that leave-me-alone cologne on. And I'm like, dear Lord, you got to help me. you got to help me, Father God. And so I stood in there, and, and, and used to, you know what I'd do? I'd just close my eyes. and give me. Th- I said, no, in the name of Jesus, I can do this. You know, years back, we were at a men's advance, and there was this tower, and it had a zip line. I don't know how many stories it was up there, but you had to climb this ladder and get up there. And man, you get up there, and there's a big platform, and there were men on it everywhere looking over. All freaked out. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. And so the guy began to button different ones up, and, and he said, whenever I got you hooked, you can just go. And so I looked, and man, every time I'd look off, something would tell me, man, you need to go back down the stairs. And finally I looked at him, I said, boys, you know how you, you get past spirit of fear? You just attack it. And I took off running, I just jumped off that thing, and you free fall, I don't know how long, until that rope finally caught. And I made it. But you know what? There was a lot of them did in that day. They climbed back down. Now, every one of us have the opportunity to go ahead and do things or to climb back down. How many of you have ever been to the water park down in Dallas, that big tall water slide? I mean, it's like this, and I don't know how many stories it is up there. You climb those steps. Well, the motivation for me to go down the the slide was, I don't want to go back down those steps. That's a long way. So I get up there, and there's people everywhere looking over, kids crying. I'm not going to go down a mommy. No, no. And so the more I would look, I wanted to cry to my mom and say, no, no. And so finally I looked at the guy and I said, can I go anytime I want? He said, if you're ready, go. So I took off. I grabbed that rail and I jumped. And I remember when I jumped, you, you free fall 14 feet. 
And you'd look off and you couldn't see anybody for a little bit. Well, when I jumped, the guy yells at me and says, Don't forget to cross your legs. And I thought, well, thanks for that advice. So I get down to the bottom. My swimsuit is now up around my neck. That's cool. I got out of the water and everybody up there was looking and I looked at him and went, No thing, fellas. It's no thing. And so throughout my life, that's what I begin to do. When fear tries to rise, I confront it. I go at it. You know, a couple years ago, we were at the Father-Son Lake event. And we were jumping off those cliffs. Man, that first one you get up there, it's up in the air. And the wind was blowing and everything. And so finally, I just said, boys, i got to go. i got to jump. So I just went ahead and jumped off. Well, I climbed back up the rocks. And there was a a young boy there who, who didn't have a father. And he was up there. And he would look off, and man, I could see his little legs banging. He, he wouldn't go, and he said he can't do it. And so I just sat with him, the, oh man, it seemed like an hour, and I said, you can do it. You can do it. And he would never do it. And so you know what I finally did? I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to help you out. I said, now grab my hand, and me and you are going to go off. And so we got right there, and he said, no, pastor, I can't do it. And I said, yeah, we can. And we jumped. He just needed a little, little boost. Sometimes that's what some of you need, just a little boost. Well, that's what the Holy Ghost wants to do. He wants to give you a little boost today. And so what happened with the kid? Did he drown? Of course not. You'll love it, guys. He came out of the water. And another uh, boat from our church and a bunch of young ones were pulling up. And I watched him. He ran back up those rocks. And he got back up at the top and said, Come on, fellas, it isn't no thing. And I looked and I thought, Just five minutes ago, dude, you wet your pants. But you know what I saw happen? That when someone realized, I can do this, man, it built a confidence. And so that's the issue with fear. That i got to confront it. i got to go after it. Do you not think that when Peter got ready to walk on the water, that he wasn't seeing fear? That he wasn't smelling fear? That he wasn't hearing fear? I believe fear was everywhere around him and it was talking to him. You can't walk on the water. You can't walk on the water. And when he began to see the waves, can you imagine what was going through his mind? And the thing is, with every one of us, we're called to get out of the boat. We're not called to stay in the boat. And those ones who stay in the boat, they never conquer their fear. I don't know about you, I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. What do you mean by that? What do you say, Martha? I would rather be a wet water walker. I mean, I'd rather get out and try and sink like Peter than spend my whole life in the boat and let fear dominate me. And so this is what's big for every one of us. That whatever your fears you're going through, they're real to you. That's why when people begin to say, oh, you're afraid of that? Like, you're, you're, you're some big man. Well, think about it, guys. What are you afraid of? So whatever you experience in fear, it's real to you. You know what the second greatest fear of man is? Death. Death. And that may be some of you in here. I remember when I was 18 and I didn't know Jesus. I, man, I'm telling you guys, I feared death. It freaked me out, death did. But when I got born again, death began to get a little, little distant from me more and more. If you've got problems with death, I encourage you to read that book about that little boy, that four-year-old that went to heaven. I'm telling you, it rocked me. I began to see what he talked about heaven. I wish Shelly was in here. She could tell me the name. Who knows the name of that book? 
What is it? Heaven is for real. I'm telling you guys, it, it, it will bless you so much, but if you have fear of death, it'll, it'll knock that out. You know, when I begin to read the book in Philippians 1, the Apostle Paul said this about death. He said, to live is for Christ, but to die is the gain. And he went on to say this, to die is, is far better. And I know the Lord's not done with me here on this earth yet, but I promise you guys, there's days that death and departing to be with Jesus, it becomes very attractive to me. And a lot of that took place because of that book. And in that book, the little boy was always darting out in front of traffic. And his daddy said to him, he said, Colton, you can't keep doing that. One day you're going to get hit by a car, and I think there was a dead rabbit on the road, and he said, you're going to look like that. And you know what the little four-year-old said to his dad? He said, that's okay, Dad. I'll get to see Jesus a lot quicker. You know what it showed me there? He had no fear of death. He had no fear, and only Jesus can do that. The third greatest fear of people is fear of failure. There's not one of us in here that when we're growing up, we say, you know what, I think I want to be a failure. There are none of us in here. None of us want to fail, but every one of us fear failing. And so these are things that Jesus can help us get past, but i got to begin to hook up with Him. Stand on your feet with me. See, you may be here today. And there may be fears that you begin to think about that they literally, they literally torment you. Oh, man, I, I highlight today, guys. 2 Timothy 1.7. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but you know what God has given us? A spirit of love power, and a sound mind. And I'm going to tell you guys, when God says that, He expects us or He desires us to live in that arena where I can be free from that stuff. And so I don't know what you're going through here today, but some of the greatest things you can do as a believer is number one, become a person that praises and worships God. That when you come in there, things begin to happen when we get into His presence. Number two, you've got to begin to know the Scripture, who you are in Christ. You've got to know what the Bible says. Revelations 12, 11 says, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Romans 8, 37 says, Yea, in these things I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going to tell you guys, i got to hook up to that. What is that? That's Romans 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I've got to begin to think in line with the Word. And the third big one, and this is huge, it's even the song the praise and worship team sang today. The name of Jesus. Oh man, when that, when that spirit of fear shows up on your door and starts knocking, you start speaking the name of Jesus. And the Bible talks about even the demons tremble at His name. That we sang how darkness flees at that name. If we ever really truly get a revelation of the power, the authority that we have in the name of Jesus, I'm going to tell you guys, we walk in victory. That's what we got to understand. And so when things try to come your way right now, you don't have to put up with it. Bow your head with me.